0: Alan, you look like an athlete. Have you got a favourite sport? Speed eating.
1: Speed eating, yep. Yeah. Sounds back right. What does that involve?
0: Four McDonald's, a couple of Cabana sausages.
1: Cabana sausages. Can you describe a Cabana sausage to our audience?
0: It's like spam. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Do you, do you boil it up? you boil it in a pot?
0: No, just swallow it
1: whole. <laughs>
0: Deep throat it. And oh. how, long, how long do you have to do all this in when you say speed? As
1: quick as again.
0: <laughs> have you got a record? Five minutes. Five minutes.
1: It's a lot of food to eat. He's an athlete, isn't he? He is an athlete. He's a food eating, Pop Tart munching athlete. God bless him. That's his Tinder profile. He's looking pretty fit, though, Alan, isn't he? Look. Yeah. Yeah. Keto diet. That beer keg is (laughs) six packs, more like a 12 pack.
0: How's your week been, Vic?
1: Yeah, it's been lovely. Thanks. I feel like I've seen you already this week, haven't I? I
0: know we had a little dinner date, didn't we?
1: We did. We had dinner date with our partners. We must say it wasn't just a Hamish and I on a romantic <laughs> night out together.
0: It was. I said to you on the night, "It's my dream invite." So you texted me, "Would you like to come for dinner?" Yes, please. What time should we come? Five <laughs> yeah. thirty.
1: Oh yeah, the oh, old five thirty was- invite
0: buzzing if you said 6 i might have said no Five thirty, yeah. yes yes
1: we've got time to even get home have a cup of tea and maybe watch a couple of episodes of alone <laughs> <laughs> it was really
0: sweet seeing how your kids played with sunny
1: oh that is so cute so
0: sunny has recently gone from only being able to smile to now being able to chuckle and your youngest got him laughing so
1: Describe <laughs> Describe Fred
0: Yeah Can you describe Fred And what it was specifically That Fred was doing If you can remember Which made Sonny laugh Non-stop For about 15-20 minutes
1: Well first of all I'll describe Fred, <laughs> Fred. He is a thug Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's the word I'm describing. He's generally dragging a pen wherever he's walking on fresh paint. He did do along that. the sofa. Yeah, he does that a lot. He, he finds pens, sofa. drags them around the house. He's probably punching someone. He spits quite a lot. He pulls hair. He's like a hooligan.
0: Rarely dressed
1: rarely dressed. I mean, there's never any clothes on. I try and keep clothes on. he rips them off and he's just got his ding dong hanging out all the time. So that's basically what Sonny was laughing at was Fred being a hooligan and running up and down with his winky flaying around. Yeah. Well, he he had a,
0: like a piano, a sort of matte piano that you run on and the keys sound. And he was sprinting from one side to the other right in front of Sonny's eye line and running on these things naked and Sonny just lost the plot. I've got a video on my phone about nine minutes of just Fred sprinting around naked running on the piano. It was funny. And Sonny losing his marbles. Yeah.
1: It's nice when you see they appreciate something that is funny rather than just laughing at a fan whizzing around. It's usually the fan. (laughs) It's usually the fan, isn't it? In the the ceiling, just whirling around.
0: The plus side of Fred never wearing clothes is Mm. the only person I've ever seen who doesn't have a tan line. He he has a brown (laughs) bum. Yeah, he has a brown (laughs) bum. No it's one true. has got a brown bun. Yeah.
1: yeah, he doesn't mind being out and naked. It's it's very pleasurable. We love our kids being free and happy with their bodies. It's lovely. But later on, it was you and John running around with your willies flaying around, wasn't it? That was the real concern.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not as funny when we did it. No, not as funny. No.
1: Awkward. <laughs> actually <laughs> listeners that didn't happen just to confirm <laughs> yes yeah, so it was a sort of sport that freddie was doing he created his own new sport didn't he well
0: done well linked yes thank you today's episode uh, is actually one that i've been really excited to do for some time and i'm aware how cliche it sounds that the boy wants to talk about sports yes okay because lucy and you could have done this episode you would have done an equally good job without a male voice but here I am so I think I, I'll give it a crack we okay. could
1: not have done this episode Hamish without you I totally disagree because well, we would never have thought oh yeah let's do an episode about sport <laughs> I just and that happens.
0: voice is offensive <laughs> yeah. because that is That's... a sim- simple little male man wants to come and talk about sport oh yeah we talk about sport because <laughs> 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 your Lucy's episodes really high brow, are really highbrow of course yeah. they were <laughs> So yes, this week we are going to talk about the role that alcohol plays in sport and sporting teams. Now Vic, am I right in thinking that tennis was your go-to back in the day or have you always just been frisbee for life?
1: Actually, I was in the Oxfordshire County Tennis Trials. I thought so. Yes. I thought you'd mention that. Yes, I used to be quite good at tennis. I did get thrashed. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, did the get, trials yeah, yeah. doesn't mean you're good. Mm, I don't know. You've got to still got get in the trials. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Please don't ruin that for Sorry, me. No, I didn't know. It was like, maybe just turn
0: up and we'll see if you've got no, your no, talent. No, 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 no. Maybe okay, that, that was did qualification. happen.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's just pretend that I got chosen out of, many, <laughs> well, of very few people. I used to like being in the sack race. I like swing ball. I managed a team of garden snails back in 1984. (laughs) Yeah, I do miss Speedy going over the finishing line. But yeah, yes, but frisbee was my forte, Hamish.
0: What is the drinking culture like in either snail racing or frisbee?
1: Not too bad, to be That's fair. That's good to hear. Yeah, although as I mentioned early in the series, I mainly played by myself. Yeah,
0: which is still sad hearing it now. Hurling
1: it into the sky ahead of me and then running after yeah. it to see if I could catch it, Pretending which I couldn't. it's a
0: boomerang, just yeah. throwing it into the wind and <laughs> catching it by yourself. It is a sad, it's a sad picture. And
1: catching invisible butterflies when I was alone. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's yeah. where Nelly gets it from. Yes, they it it talks about invisible friends and
0: invisible butterflies. <laughs> yes,
1: they're around <laughs> me all the time.
0: The reason we would like to focus on this topic is because it seemingly affects all levels of sport, from the professionals at the top seeping through to the university teams and even at school level.
1: We will be talking about spectators, post-game beers in the showers... Drinking initiations and everything in between today.
0: What might start off looking like a fun way to bond with a teammate can quickly snowball into a much bigger problem.
1: So grab your rackets, strap on your boots, tighten your helmet, and get ready to take your shot at sobriety. I'm very proud of you, Hamish, and your puns there. You like that? Yes, I am extremely. Well, when proud I
0: wrote "take your shot," I was like, "Oh, we're not. I'm not quite Lin Manuel Miranda, am I?"
1: No, okay. but it's good though. Yeah, thank you. I, I was, I was I was, in, I was, I was
0: smiling writing that, and then I thought. Vic can read that.
1: No, I do love the pants. Yeah, I do good. love the pants. By the end of today's episode, we hope that you will have a better understanding of why many are calling for change in the drinking habits within sport. We hope that you might feel better equipped
0: to say no and to actually enjoy sport for what it's designed for. Bonding with friends, getting fit, and improving a particular skill. None of which throwing up down the drain of a changing room shower help with.
1: No. To be fair, aiming a throw up down a toilet without hitting the rims is a skill that I improved on throughout my drinking years, Hamish.
0: Not exactly a sport, though, is it, Vic?
1: No. Let's move on.
0: The way that I'd like to structure this episode is by first trying to explain how sport and alcohol have become so inseparable before discussing some of the reasons that this is detrimental to both the sport itself and our society.
1: I just want to tackle you to the ground here, Hamish. Well done. And have a little history lesson you know, I love to look at the backstory behind alcohol. And not surprisingly, the wobbly saga between sport and booze has been going on for ages. Ancient Grecian Olympians drank wine to enhance performance. The Victorians believed that beer helped to build stamina. And the Roman gladiators drank an alcohol and plant concoction, which made them stronger. So they what? thought, yeah. The runners in the very hot 1908 London Olympic and Marathon necked brandy, glasses of bubbly and strychnine, best known as rat poison, for a pep-up en route. And Tour de France riders used to stop for a glass of red mid-race.
0: They did. They also used to do cocaine.
1: Yeah. God, it's crazy. When people realised mid-20th century that booze was actually slowing them down, Other drugs, like metabolic steroids and cocaine, as you say, Hamish, replaced those half-time bubblies.
0: That is wild. I can't believe how long these have been intertwined.
1: I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Now, let's look at how glorified alcohol has become within sport. One of the most obvious ways this has happened is through alcoholic brands sponsoring major professional tournaments worldwide. For example... The English Premier League has an official beer sponsor every year, which means our children are watching their heroes as advertising boards display alcohol around the ground. Every week.
0: Earlier this year, Ash Barty caused a stir after her Australian Open win as the Channel 9 commentary team handed her a beer to enjoy live on air. Whereas some applauded this very Aussie response to winning a Grand Slam, others were horrified by the message this sent. Hmm.
1: This is nothing new and has come right from the very top for years. In 1983, Australia celebrated one of its greatest sporting achievements by winning the America's Cup. In the aftermath, the then Prime Minister, Bob Hawke, who had clearly had a few champagnes, said live on TV his now infamous line, any boss who sex anyone today for not turning up is a bam. Very nice. Thanks.
0: This normalisation of alcohol, sponsoring sport and celebrating wins by drinking to excess, both as a player and as a fan, is now part of the makeup of our society.
1: So what are the dangers of this?
0: Okay, so firstly I want to look at inclusivity. It is known that if you join a sporting team, particularly as a man, there will be a drinking culture. That is sadly just a fact in today's world, in most sports. More often than not, with this comes a loutish and laddish culture.
1: Yes, it certainly does. The issues that arise from this are obvious. If you do not drink for a variety of reasons, be them religious, personal or whatever, you may feel unwelcome or uncomfortable joining a team or even attending a game. The same can be said if you are homosexual, bi or gender neutral and feel as if a toxic masculine environment could present its problems for you.
0: With sport becoming less and less inclusive, think of the talent we could have missed out on. Let me start by naming just a few Muslim sportsmen over the years who obviously do not drink because of their religion. In boxing, we had Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson.
1: In football or soccer, if you prefer, we have Zina (laughs) Zidazazaza and Paul Pogba. Spot on. In cricket, we've had Shahida Freedy,
0: Moin Ali and Adil Rashid.
1: And in basketball, we had Shaquille O'Neal.
0: These are without doubt some of the greatest sportsmen of our lifetime. I wonder if they ever felt excluded from their own sports because they didn't partake in any after-match sessions. I hope not.
1: Yeah, I hope not too. I mean, it must have been hard for people like Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. They would have been surrounded by alcohol throughout their careers. I mean, it's incredible that these people don't drink because I'm sure it was shoved in their face on a daily basis. Well,
0: we're lucky that they had thick enough skin to still do the sports and still throw themselves in because they didn't. Literally, those are all legends of, of their own individual sports. And if, it, if they hadn't felt comfortable to play, we would have missed out on that.
1: Yeah. And it's also not the sport as well, Hamish, is it? It's the fame that comes alongside it. Mm. So therefore, you're not only celebrating after the game, people are buying you drinks and people are looking up to you and people are are wanting a piece of you all the time. So mm. that would be a reason to drink because yeah. it's so overwhelming having that level of fame. 100%. So interesting. Sports drinking culture comes with some horrible side effects. That's for sure. A yobbish attitude that excludes some sectors of society. I mean, Freddie would fit in pretty well, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, be yes. great. Stick him in a in a Manchester game in the early nineties. <laughs> <laughs> There's also an issue of fame in sports, which we just spoke about. You get known, and everybody wants to buy you a drink. Like, but George Best is a perfect example. Mm. He died from a liver infection in 2005. His cheerful post-game tipple and reputation meant this legend ended up with a severe problem with alcohol. And of course, alcohol fueled hooliganism in the 80s and 90s in England. It really is a changing room culture that spreads to the stands and beyond the gates of the stadium. What is your experience, Hamish, of this changing room culture?
0: So actually, when I first moved up to the Sunshine Coast, I joined a football team. because I needed to make friends, and I love football, and now I've got all this time. And, you know, I'd love to do training during the week and all that. And my first training session was a Tuesday night, and everyone came, and we did it, and it was raining. And then I was actually, honestly, disappointed when everyone left straight after training. I thought, what? There's no go to the pub and get to know each other? Like, I thought that was... The point, you know, I thought that was... Because all the clubs that I'd played for in England, we didn't actually... Well, firstly, we didn't do training. But on the Saturdays, it was play the game, which is almost irrelevant. And then we all go to the clubhouse and we just get drunk all day, really. You know, somebody takes it in turns to buy the jugs and you sit there all day. And then, you know, it's all building up to the Christmas party, which is another piss up. We would spend more of the day drinking than we would playing football. And yeah, I honestly remember feeling... Disappointed when, when that wasn't the case here. And I'm ashamed to say that. And also, yeah, with regards to that laddish culture, the first match that we played, I got there and somebody called somebody gay that was, you know, you're a puff, you he said gay, he used homosexual as a as a insult. The guy was not, you oh, know. Oh, how disappointing. And I wasn't brave enough to tell him off. I was like, I'm brand new to the team. This is my first day. And I yeah, I wasn't brave enough to give him a bollocking in front of everyone. And I wish I had been. I wish yes. I I wish I was the type of person that could do that. But I just instead just disliked that guy from the start and, and oh. I eventually left the club. I don't play with them anymore.
1: But what I want to say quickly there, Hamish, is they knew that you were new to the yeah. team. So you'd think that they'd be on their best behaviour. So that might have just been the tip of the iceberg yeah. of the homophobia or racism or whatever level of profanity mm. they wanted to use at that time. They were probably trying to behave and that was just a, a little slip True. up. So I think maybe if you'd stayed it might have got worse. We're not saying that happens all the time, no. of course. And that I, was just a bad experience. And that is also I know we, we
0: we risk falling into a conversation about lad culture. And you know, I'm not that's a whole different conversation. Mm. And beer at a changing room and land culture, lad culture are both Intertwined and completely separate. You know that guy was sober when he said that comment. So in a way, it it doesn't fit here.
1: Sometimes you meet assholes. Yeah, sometimes they're assholes. And actually,
0: if if I was gay, I would not feel comfortable playing football for that for almost any club, almost any changing room. I'd feel a bit uncomfortable. And actually, I've got a good friend of mine in Sydney who plays for a gay rugby team, and there are gay leagues, right? Which I think is both amazing and also kind of sad that there has to be a team. Full of gays because then it's a the safe place to play, you know? Yeah, it
1: should be a safe place. Short sport should be the safest place you can be, shouldn't it? Should, it should
0: and it should be inclusive. Like so I mentioned. Inclusive. earlier. Yeah. Um well, I guess the difference between playing sport here and in England for me was that I lived in London. So everyone was getting to and from games on public transport, which meant everyone could get hammered. Yeah. So I guess the difference here is that every you know we have to drive to get anywhere living here. People can't get pissed after games, so people okay. always have a beer after the game here, yeah. um, but not necessarily get pissed. Or maybe they did and they drunk drive. So I don't
1: know. I don't know if it's a
0: good or bad thing. Yeah. Maybe they were drink driving, but it's it has been in every change room I've ever been in, and I've played sport all of my life. There has been this this drinking culture.
1: Yes, yeah, really saddening, isn't it? A little yeah. bit. Yeah. I hate to hear that, Hamish. Mm. It's different for women, I think. I'd, I've never really come across it, probably because the only time I spent in changing rooms was when I had bunked off and was stealing people's sandwiches when I wasn't playing netball. <laughs> I used to I also used to go and swap people's socks around I used to bunk off I didn't like netball yeah. so I'd just hang around the changing rooms and just like fiddle with people's lunch boxes interesting <laughs> yeah. mooching around yeah
0: not the fittest player in the team no, we've done I was, most of the match eating people's sandwiches yeah, in the changing rooms
1: te- stealing brown bananas out <laughs> of people's rucksacks <laughs> My sporting career was quite short, I have to admit, because <laughs> um, alcohol came on the scene, scene at quite an early age and obviously that became my sport. I don't think the changing room culture is as bad for women, but I haven't spent a lot of time in them, so, to give you a really good, fair point of view. Mm-hmm. And But I did drink at sporting events in my lifetime. I have done that and I've used football matches or the European Cup or any of these big sporting events to get pissed just because it was an extra excuse that I could go, all right, let's get the beers in. I did used to drink at Ascot. We used to go to Ascot races with my parents occasionally. They went and they used to start the day looking so posh. I remember Mm. them leaving the house, top hat and tails, in their lovely car heading off to Ascot for the day. And I remember the photos would come back and it was my mum having fallen through a fold-up chair, right, you know, with her legs sticking yeah. out. <laughs> so, like, the glamour of Ascot slowly deteriorated. And you see it here with the Melbourne races as well. You see these women starting off the day looking absolutely gorgeous with their, you know, what I don't know what they call them out here, the yeah. things they wear yeah, in their yeah, yeah, hair. Yeah. What and is that called? A, a fascinator. fascinator. Yes, that's it. And they look amazing. And then you get the footage of later on in the day, and they're all rolling around in their, yeah. on their picnic blankets with twigs in their hair and looking really dishevelled. There's I've something quite got, joyful about that. I, I have don't got know why. I quite a
0: story to tell you about Ascot. So I, I worked there every year for a while in the, box, oh, did you? In the boxes. Yeah. And probably the worst hangover of my life was at Ascot because it was always after the bank holiday weekend in August which is always, you know, always a music festival. On yes, Benchol, it's Reading it?
1: weekend as well, it I think. It was
0: yeah. um, Sh- uh, Shambhala, I think it was. I, I can't remember which one I went to. But yeah, anyway, you know, the festival end on Sunday. And the, no, the festival end on Sunday. We get back on Monday and the Ascot starts on Tuesday.
1: Yeah.
0: I was in a box. So people have paid thousands for this experience of having a box and yeah. I'm doing all the food and drink and there's only two of us per box. I threw up all day. I had to go and obviously there's no private... Lose for the staff. Oh. So I'm going to the public Lose where everyone else is and they have ties. And, and you were dressed as a waiter. So I take off my, my waiter uniform, yeah. which is just an apron, really. Hide that so I look like just a random punter. All right. Go to the loo. I threw up, honestly, all day. It's oh. a 12-hour shift, eight to eight. Dry heaving. Oh, yeah, by the end, yeah, yeah. Oh. All day. So I'm green and I'm trying to, you know, not touch any of the food, although it's a hangover, that's not how it works. But, you know, trying to not have too much face-to-face with the people who've paid... Your for this box sour breath yeah. and they they tipped us at the end and I said to my mate who I was doing the box tour, I was like you just have to have take all the tip I've done yeah, I'm nothing off. I've been throwing up all day it's oh, yours that's
1: horrible but yeah
0: rough but yeah Ascot is probably one of the biggest piss ups yeah. of any sport that
1: and Henley Regatta we used to go to Henley yeah. Yeah, and we used... we,
0: I've spoken to you about the darts yes. in the past yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I rolled off a boat at Henley once and actually my friendly died rolling off a boat <gasps> and we crashed a boat into a bridge we used to drive boats around really drunk at Henley yeah it's another, these sporting events, it's just an excuse to get wasted. I remember those women at Ascot would just be rolling around in, like, horse turns. Yeah. Like-
0: the train from Ascot to London at about 7 or 8pm is extraordinary. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yes. Drunk, posh people. Drunk posh people. Nothing worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Talking on their phones really loudly. Yeah. <laughs> like we care. If you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love
0: by buying sober awkward a cuppa once a month we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message
1: by joining patreon you get access to sober awkward merch extra content special promos and loads more just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for sober awkward
0: and together we could learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway
1: Are we allowed to include croquet and lawn bowls here because we're talking about all these sporting events? Yeah, you can. Yeah, so women go on these events, don't they, weekends away, and that's the sort of games they play, but they're kind of designed to sip wine with yeah. while you do them all these sort of sports, aren't they? Yeah. There's also cheese rolling, everybody getting wasted at that. Mm-hmm. I think you can gather from the sports that I'm mentioning here, Hamish. So I'm not really a mainstream Sports, these fan. are all
0: good sports, though.
1: Yeah, I'm more sort of a bog snorkeler or sort of zorbing fan, yeah, yeah, which I think are still drinking I, events, quite honestly.
0: I think we're dropping into games rather than sports with something. What, what are you
1: trying to say? Bog snorkeling is not a professional sport,
0: <laughs> it's not the Olympics, but yeah, sure, Isn't it? that would we should make an Olympics with the sports that you think should be yeah. in the Olympics, yes,
1: we should. <laughs> It's obvious that this toxic culture and lack of inclusivity risks robbing us of some of our greatest sporting talents, you know, the the famous bog snorkelers of the world. (laughs) If people do not feel comfortable to enter a sporting environment, they will simply turn away from the sport and find something else to do. Can you imagine the tragedy of not feeling like you can play a sport because you're not a drinker or not straight?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Let's now discuss some of the dangers that this drinking culture brings with it, starting with initiations.
1: For those of you that do not know, an initiation often takes part when the new intake of players joins the team. The senior players set them a number of challenges, which are designed to be awful and bring the team closer together through shared experience.
0: Yeah, so in professional sport, you often see a player that's just been signed to a team is often like, forced to sing a song, basically karaoke, in front of the whole team, which is fairly innocent and, you know, a bit embarrassing, but fine. Yeah, but funny. University is where shit gets real, okay? So I've done a bit of research, which I had quite a lot of fun.
1: Pump up the research.
0: And Now, let me warn you now. If you are eating or drinking, stop for about five minutes because you're not going to want to be having any kind of consumption during the next few stories. So these are examples of initiations that I read about online
1: okay I'll put down my spaghetti name. <laughs> yeah I mean.
0: weirdly eating spaghetti bolognese doing this the Manchester University Rugby Club had to apple bob with dead rats floating oh. in cider before rubbing chillies on their genitals throwing up was obligatory if you wanted to play on the team and then you had to wrestle naked in the sick oh my god yeah
1: and that obviously they're drunk when they're doing that of course right. in a way I hope they were because that, that would I be do. real bleak sober <laughs> yeah the Bristol rugby team played a game called What's a Shit and What's a Banana. <laughs> the team captain did a shit into a bucket of water and then dropped a peeled banana in two. Freshers were then blindfolded and told to find the banana. Yeah. What the hell's going it's on tough,
0: here? Isn't there? There's basically a bit of a, bob- a bobbing.
1: It's sick.
0: Quite a lot of this bobbling. Bobbing, what do I say? bobbling. Quite a lot of bobbling going on. Yeah. When I was at uni in Newcastle, I remember the Durham rugby team were found naked in one of those freezer vans by the police. Right, they'd been left there. They're you know, we're going to leave you oh, here they for could a certain amount. Yeah, so get hammered and then we're going to leave you in this freezer van for X amount of hours. And the police found them. I think they ended up banning all initiations in Durham that year or the year after.
1: Gosh, I didn't even know it was a thing, yeah. yeah. Members of the University of York Hockey Club were forced to have drinks that had been mixed with a concoction of dog food, anchovies, goldfish, vodka and raw eggs blended together. So they're forcing them to drink things. I mean, that sort of thing could actually make you yeah. violently that ill. Is
0: probably the most common thing that I've heard about initiations is right. like this. They make a drink, which is obviously got alcohol in it, yeah. but then some of those things, dog food, sick, Animals, eggs, yeah.
1: Horrible. I remember the initiation, wasn't it for the Hells Angels, if you wanted to join the motorbike um, gang, the Hells right. Angels, you had to be sick in a pint glass and then drink it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that... Well done. Yeah, you can join our gang. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Wouldn't it be better just to maybe fill in a questionnaire, like <laughs> yeah. with some intellectual questions? Like join my gang, but you've got to be this intellectual to be able to join, not... Can you down your own sick? I know. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, we've got someone really smart on our team now. He can down sick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's always about booze and doing horrible stuff. That is basically what initiation is all about.
1: Because it's all charged by booze, isn't it? It's fueled by it. It's like that whole mentality. Again, it's all like tribal people coming together and creating this mess Mm. because they're all bladdered.
0: True. And trust me when I say there are some far, far worse ones out there. There They're just a few of the ones that i found.
1: I mean, we read them because they sound funny, but actually, they're not. Two students in the UK have died in recent years because of sports club initiation rituals. The young men died from alcohol toxicity after being part of four-hour drinking games.
0: Mm. People, due to peer pressure and because they want to fit in, end up doing silly initiations that have huge consequences. Lives taken away due to this pack mentality. So that is the point, you know, if... If you were sober, you would not be in the team. Or if you refused to drink, you would be kicked out of the team or bullied. You know, it's such a toxic, dangerous space to be in.
1: If you saw people and you were sober doing an initiation... Ceremony Mm. of some sort, I would literally be calling the police. Mm. And I'm the same now if I see a drunk girl on the side of the road, sat on a curb outside a nightclub. Mm. I care for that person like I care for someone doing an initiation. I worry about their health. I know I've downed alcohol until I've fallen over or been drunk on a curb outside a pub. But now I have an understanding of how dangerous that is. And that's what we're talking about here. This pack mentality can create some very dangerous situations. Yeah. Did you ever do any kind of initiation ceremonies for anything home?
0: Actually, these types of stories put me off playing university sport altogether. So, yeah, I was passionate about sport at school and then went to uni and I knew of these stories. And I knew it was this lad culture. I knew they all went out partying. You know, like Wednesday night was the big club night out, whatever, for, for the teams. And it put me off it completely. So, I never joined a football team, I never joined a cricket team. I ended up sort of doing what's called an like intramural sport so just you and your mates play a bit but no it, basically the booze aspect of initiations put me off sport for three years of my life
1: you were in the flower arranging club though weren't you
0: yeah passionately yeah Passionate i created it. it yeah, you created yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> i was the only person in it but yeah president <laughs> captain vice captain sure yeah, yeah. um so yeah I, I think part of that i mentioned it in a previous episode is kind of why i didn't have a stag do why i've I've literally been the one stag do in my life, and I'm thrilled about that. You know, living here, I miss lots of weddings, which is sad. But I've not been sad about missing a single stag do
1: because it is that Just tribal thing. Forced drinking, man. yeah, forced that is drinking. Not my game. That is a that is a thing. Forced drinking. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Interestingly, in the US, 44 states have passed laws banning hazing the elaborate and often extreme initiation rituals that students have to undertake while joining athletic teams. Unsurprisingly, the leading cause of death during hazings is alcohol poisoning. Now, you don't need us to explain the dangers of apple bobbing for rats or drinking to the point of throwing up. We have covered that in many an episode before. The real danger in this case comes with the party culture this instils in sports teams. This is not a culture that seemingly ends once you turn professional.
0: Yeah, I'm going to tell a short story about this quickly. So in 2013, my favourite sporting team, Surrey County Cricket Club, lost one of its finest players, a 23-year-old batsman who would undoubtedly have gone on to be a Surrey and England great. But after the team lost a game, he and his two of his best mates went for a night out. He then made the mistake of getting behind the wheel of a car. He was chased by the police, fled from his car and ended up st- stepping on a live train track before being hit by a tube. A post-mortem examination showed he was nearly four times the legal alcohol limit to drive, and he'd also taken cocaine and ecstasy.
1: The effect of his death had huge implications on the Surrey team and English cricket as a whole. Surrey's captain and best friend and housemate, another English cricketing hopeful, ended up leaving the club as it was too painful to be in the dressing room he had shared with his former colleague. He retired soon after, at just 27 years old, all due to booze. English
0: cricket was forced to reassess its party culture and whether it was looking out for its players enough. And there are sadly countless other stories of sportsmen's drunken actions costing them their careers and their lives, like you mentioned George Best earlier.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Lots of athletes drink, and as spectators, some enjoy joining in the marathon drinking sessions. We've spoken in previous episodes about the consumption of alcohol at cricketing or darts matches in particular, but how does this affect sobriety? Can we be part of a culture without letting it infiltrate our sacred sober lives?
0: This is the point that we always start on. We talk about not joining a team until you feel absolutely confident in your sobriety.
1: Yeah, I mean, we say that with a lot of things, like every topic we say, like the best thing, if it doesn't feel comfortable, is to avoid it completely, yeah. especially if you're in your early sobriety your sobriety has to come first.
0: There will be peer pressure in that environment. There
1: will be. You cannot avoid it. The best thing to do as well is to be open about it. If you've got teammates that are heavy drinkers and you find a moment of peace where you can have a discussion with them, whether that's in the changing room before the match or after the game, have a chat with someone about it and say, look, I'm a Mm non-drinker. I'm just telling you in advance because I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable and I don't want you to feel comfortable around me. So that is the best way is just be open and honest about drinking. And I think you'll find it's respected unless you come across an arsehole like that guy we spoke about earlier. They're out there.
0: Remember to focus on what sport is really about rather than the drinks post
1: game. Yeah. And that is, that is so true. Focus on the game, not the party afterwards. Mm -hmm. Find other sober sports people and sports fans through cuppa, who you can compete with and watch sport with. Yeah, that's
0: an important one. The, watching sport is as much a drinking thing as playing the sport.
1: Yeah, totally. When you're the spectator at home or whether it's at a stadium, it's probably worse at home because you haven't got to drive anywhere afterwards. Yeah. So that culture is probably a whole other podcast, yeah. Hamish, is that sitting at home mm-hmm. on your own and how dangerous that can be.
0: And if you want to watch sport with an atmosphere, it's a pup.
1: Yeah, it's a pub. It's a pub. So, yeah, there's nowhere else to go, is there?
0: No. Nah. So you' yeah, it's be, frightening. Be the one that changes the culture.
1: Yeah, if you're open about your sobriety within that culture, then people will follow suit and they will know that they are safe if you are there too. Mm-hmm. And that is a brilliant way of, of breaking through the stigma of being sober and doing sport.
0: Find a sport that does not involve a team environment. Tennis, running, frisbee or bog snorkelling with Vic.
1: Yep, I'm there. I'll be there with my snorkel on waiting for you next to the muddy river. She's
0: waiting for someone to do it with her.
1: (laughs) With my weird suit on. (laughs) Bring your own alcohol-free drinks. I know this is full on to go into that sort of environment with an alcohol-free beer. But what I will say is that my husband last week had his birthday party and my husband, John, is basically alcohol free now. He hasn't had an alcohol beer for probably at least six months. Mm-hmm. He was never a real problem drinker. But he just sees the bigger picture now with everything that I do. So it's amazing. I've never asked him to stop drinking. It's just actually just happened. And he had a birthday party last week with all his mates at the Wakeboard Park. Yeah. Uh, ten of them all went. And John bought only alcohol-free beers to have afterwards. And he handed them out after they'd yeah, all nice. been been around. Yeah, all done the sport. and. No one complained. Everybody was happy to chat about it. There was one guy there who actually didn't drink. It was the first time that he'd ever been offered an alcohol-free drink with a group of mates. So that was lovely to make him at ease like that. And actually, it was really successful. And even if people were a bit shocked by it and thought, oh, I'd probably prefer a normal beer, nobody said anything. Everyone got on with Mm. it and they all went home and it was fine. So it was actually a really nice thing to do and they, they were forced into having genuine conversations just from that one move. That's awesome. Yeah, it Good was on. awesome. Yeah.
0: We've established that alcohol as a sporting spectator or a member of a team is almost impossible to avoid.
1: We have covered why this might be the case as well as touching on some of the dangers of it.
0: Once you expect this, it is often easier to plan how best to maintain your sobriety within it.
1: Yeah, just remember our motto, feel the awkward and do it anyway.
0: Vic. This week, I'm going to set you a challenge rather than the other way around. And it's a sporting challenge. Oh,
1: great, Hamish. You know I love sport. Yeah. Well,
0: (laughs) anyone that was listening to one of the very early episodes of this series might remember that I sort of teased the idea of this challenge.
1: Actually, I don't know what you're going to say.
0: You questioned my love of cricket.
1: Yes, I I, I question many things about you. Craig (laughs) David and cricket being the two that I question the most.
0: Uh, Oh, maybe I should bring some sort of Craig David aspect into the challenge. No, please don't. Please don't. Um, So, yeah, you question my love of cricket, which I told you one of the things about cricket is huge, huge drinking culture. Everyone at the ground is drunk. Yeah. Um, And everyone watching is drunk at home. The Cricketing World Cup is going on right now in Australia. Oh, right. I am taking you to your first game of cricket. It's between the huge cricketing country of Afghanistan right. yeah. against, we don't oh. know who they're playing yet. It depends how the, how, how the tournament turns out. Please But no. you and I are going together. And we're not only going together, we're going in fancy dress. Oh. Okay. I am going as a frog. <laughs> you are more than welcome to go. I've thought about buying you a fancy dress costume. I think that is unfair. You can go however you like, but I will be a frog. Why
1: are you being a frog?
0: It's a long story. It's actually from a kind of like a cricketing podcast. But right. I will only go to cricket games as frogs now. My <laughs> first first day of my married life oh, Fred, uh, was Fred, box please. Fred. Uh, no, I'm not your son. First day of my married life was Boxing Day at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, in front of a hundred thousand people dressed as a frog. So I need to continue the tradition.
1: Oh God, Hamish, I hate cricket.
0: You hate cricket. You don't like being around drinkers. Oh Fancy dress you do like though, so that's kind of a saving grace. Oh God, <laughs> well, Yeah, we Yeah, we're going, I think it's in about 10 days, yeah, you and I are going together.
1: Oh, I'm not looking forward I to said. That. I said to Liz, I said... How long she,
0: is it? I said to Liz, do you want to come with me? I'll buy you a ticket. She goes, no. Yeah, not, said, don't she's, blame her. She's free all day. She's got a free ticket. Still no. So How yeah. long is it going for? It's not a test match. A test match is five days long. The World Cup at the moment <laughs> is, is what's called a days. T20. So it's, it's about three hours long.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a
0: Tuesday afternoon. Break I think I'm busy week. that day. <laughs>
1: no, you're not. I think <laughs> I've I am. asked John. Getting my hair cut. No, John's looking after the kids. Oh God, I'm I'm busy gouging my own eyes out with wooden spoons. <laughs> I <that> reckon day. <laughs> you're
0: going to love it. I've got a feeling you're going to have oh, a massive cricket God, fan.
1: That's hilarious. All right, I'm up for it, Hamish. <laughs> yep,
0: yeah, good. That I'll is your it. challenge. Have your... you got
1: a sports-related quote for us to end on, Hamish?
0: I do. So be stronger than your strongest excuse.
1: Yeah, that is a good one. Not really sporty, but it's talking about strength.
0: I figured, yeah, it's be a strong
1: man stronger than your strong man's excuse. That works better. (laughs) That's your edited version of my quote. I actually looked up a book. Actually, Hamish, since I read your your topic idea. Mm And there's a book which is no, by no means a sobriety book, which is called *Mud, Sweat, and Beers: A Cultural History of the Sport of Sport and Alcohol* by Tony Collins. I did actually have a little read of it online. It was quite fascinating. Nice, all of the history of of why we drink at sporting events which is all pretty fucked up, really. And the big news here is, people, you don't have to drink at sporting events. It it is actually your decision and you can decide not to and go and have a lovely time. I know you think we're weird and party poopers, Mm. but it's true. We've done it. We've done it. We've been there. I have been to sporting events sober and it's bloody brilliant. So go and do it yourself. Particularly in Australia. They are
0: watered down beers and they cost about $15 in the stadium. It's not fun.
1: And you need a toilet all the time and you're yeah, queuing up all a the lot. time.
0: And state we could do a whole episode on stadium toilets.
1: Stadium toilets. I once yeah. saw
0: a man swimming in a stadium toilet trough. One of those ones we were like, oh, that's like the a men's, men's toilet So I saw him swimming in it at, Hong- Why? at the Hong Kong Sevens. Oh. He'd, he'd had a drink, I think. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Kind of like your bog snorkeling. Yes, yeah, so it's not fun. Yeah, He yeah, was yeah. a bog snorkeling. Yeah.
1: Are you sure you weren't at the national bog snorkeling event in in Hong Kong? Uh. Anyway, on that, on that, I thought. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> if you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
0: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one.
1: Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community.
0: Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
1: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it with them? I don't know, just write it on.